0: Today's lesson is coming from Luke chapter 18, verse 1, uh, right down through verse 8. And it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary." and he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Uh, Today's lesson is kind of like part two of last week's lesson. I'm going to try to keep it below 15 minutes. I think last week I went 18 minutes. I apologize for that. But ladies and gentlemen, in another place in Matthew seventeen, Jesus said, "Nothing shall be impossible unto you, and in Luke chapter eighteen, he said that we should always pray and not faint or give up now, why did Jesus say that? Because in our life, there are going to be times and situations uh where it's going to look like we are an impossible situation that nothing good can come out of come out of it at other times uh we're going to feel like giving up. And and God tells us, do not give up. He said, keep praying. Uh, prayer is our lifeline to God. Many times, if God does not work like a light switch, our tendency is to give up because we are so blessed in this country in which we live. Uh, as sometimes problems are... Um, They end real simple, and sometimes they go on and on and on, and it seems like there's never an end. Uh, But the sad news is, is our tendency is we just stop praying. But don't do that. There's a Father in heaven who loves you, who loved you so much. He sent the best that heaven had to die for you. Keep praying. But another mistake we make is when life is good and the sea of life is calm, we grow lax in our prayer life uh, and this is human nature i uh, i do this uh, sometimes uh, uh, over in my lifetime i've done it a lot uh, when life's good i'm uh, yeah, i mean i always pray but i don't pray as much it seems but when things start going haywire and wrong oh god oh god please help me Uh, Listen, even when life is great, God is still interested in hearing from us. God loves us and desires fellowship uh, with us. I've been a Christian since 1977, and I have found I pray now more than I ever have in my entire life. I don't know if it's because of Christian maturity or I'm just getting closer to going to heaven and I want to be close to God. But uh, as Christians, we should always pray. Pray about everything. Pray about work, pray about school, pray about big decisions, pray about uh, uh, people being healed, pray about seeing people saved. But I'll tell you something I have noticed as a Christian, when we begin to stray from God, uh, God will allow some adversity to come our life. Uh, no, he's not in heaven pushing misfortune buttons. Uh, We're not going to walk down the steps and God stick his foot out and trip us and cause us to fall. But when we begin to... uh, Feel like well, uh, a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, like it or not, we treat God like a genie. When life's good, we don't need Him, but when life's bad, uh, we start. You know, we think, well, if I rub God's head the right way two or three times, He'll He'll come to the rescue, and that's not the way this works. Isaiah chapter forty-eight verse ten, in the King James, God says, "I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction." Another version uh, says, "I have refined thee." in the furnace of affliction. King David said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But I mentioned earlier that in life we're going to face what seems to be impossible situations in our life and times when we feel like giving up. But we must realize as Christians that anything that comes our way, good or bad, God has allowed it. He has not necessarily always caused the bad, But if something comes at us, no matter what it is, got to realize God has allowed it. It doesn't necessarily mean He caused it, but He allowed it. Just the fact that it happened to us shows that God allowed it. Uh, We must realize that men and women of God, uh, uh, that is mentioned in the Bible, were not superhumans, but just everyday people who faced the same problems we face. And even worse, the Apostle Paul in 2 uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 8, he said he had reached a point in his life where he was pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that he said, we, speaking to the other disciples, they, they despaired of life. So Paul had reached a point where he dreaded another day. I mean, he just wanted to go on home and be with God, it had gotten so bad. And we're going to face situations like that sometimes. But in the very next verse, Paul says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God that raiseth the dead. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 uh, verses 8 and 9. But as Christians, sometimes life's going to be great. We're going to have wonderful days where just everything falls into place. But as Christians, sometimes we're going to face situations that leave us confused, uh, bewildered, uh, not knowing what to do. Should I turn left? Should I turn right? Should I go forward? Should I go backward? I heard one brother put it this way. He said, sometimes as Christians, the best thing we could have done is stay in bed that day (laughs) course we never know what what tomorrow holds but i can tell you a very famous person who went through a time when he was confused and bewildered and not knowing what to do i just said these these uh uh, people in the bible they weren't super super superhumans; they were just everyday folk like us who god chose to use but there was a man by the name of john the baptist he was uh the forerunner of Christ, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And he was also the third or fourth cousin of Jesus. But in John chapter 1, when John seen Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But then over in Luke chapter 7, we got a problem. John's been put in prison. And you can read about this in uh, Luke chapter 7, starting with uh, verse 18. It said, And the disciples of John showed him all these things. What things? All the things Jesus was doing. And John calling him unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the very same guy who said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. But what's the problem? John has been put in prison, not for being a criminal, but for being a man of God. He looked at Herod, who had taken his own brother's wife, and John looked at King Herod and said, It's not lawful for you to have her. So Herod throws him in prison. Verse 20, it says, When the men were coming to him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in the same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues, and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering, said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. John was going through a bad time. He was going through what I've heard one brother call as a doubt storm. What is a doubt storm? That's when God's not doing things like we think he ought to be doing. So here's the third or fourth cousin of Jesus, the forerunner of Christ. He's in jail. And what is he upset over? Because Jesus the Son of God, has not come and kicked the door in and got him out of prison. But what did Jesus say to John's two disciples? He said, go and tell John, the blind see, the cripple walk, the deaf hear, the lepers are cleansed, and to the poor the gospel is preached. What Jesus basically said was, John, things are going as planned. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And we and you can read later on that John the Baptist gave his life for the gospel. But right after John's two, two disciples left, Jesus said, there has not risen a greater prophet than John the Baptist. And he goes on to say, but he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end today's lesson right there I, with this encouraging word. If you'll go back to our original uh, scripture in Luke 18, he if you heard what the unjust judge said, he said, though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The very next thing Jesus said was, did you not hear what the unjust judge said? And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with him? You know what God's telling us to do to trouble him? to keep knocking, to keep asking until he answers our prayer. Isn't God good? And with that, we'll end this with a big God bless you. And hope this was, this uh, lesson has been a blessing. But uh, this is the follow-up to last week's lesson on the survival skill of prayer. Uh, God bless. Have a great day.